Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. It's Friday the 13th. That's right. It's Friday the 13th. Don't be scared, though, because today is National Peach Melba Day. It's Korean American Day, also. Stephen Foster Day, a famous composer. It's National Rubber. What? You're from Pittsburgh? Yes, he's from the real Pittsburgh. The real Pittsburgh, the fake Pittsburgh, the East Coast of Pittsburgh. No, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Sounds it's also so National Rubber Ducky Day, Rico, for Zozo. It's National Sticker Day. And, of course, it's the Democrats Day because it is National Blame Someone Else Day. Thank you all for joining us and getting high at nine with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms, especially right here on YouTube. We're live every Monday through Friday on YouTube and audio only on Clubhouse. And if you are joining us in Clubhouse, you can also participate in the show by raising your hand if you have a brief comment on the story most recently presented. But without further ado, let's pay a quick bill so we can get right into the news. Oh, yeah. Kicking off uh, us off first. It is the dope dad himself. That's right. Rico Lamite. Since it is National Rubber Ducky Day, you can generally find Rico when it's when they've all had all their playtime. You can find him giving his daughter a bath with rubber duckies with lots and lots of Mr. Bubble in the bath. That's right. Mr. Bubble, because Mr. Bubble is the same color as the rubber duckies. That's right. You got the little pink ones floating around in there. But when he's not when he's not uh, cleaning cleaning children, you can find him cleaning up messes of grown ass up grown ass adults in TEDx conventions because they're all constantly spilling things on themselves and leaving crumbs across every countertop in the facility in the conference hall. That's right. Is the dope dad himself, Rico Meat. Happy Friday, 13th, everyone, and thank you, Jason, for that um, illustrious introduction. My headline today is from 
uh, comes from Cremos Review and may be the most Canadian story ever. Remorseful thief returns money after stealing from Pennington Cannabis Shop. People evolve. Two words I often say to myself to avoid holding grudges against folks that may have said, implied, or done fucked up things in the past. They're also words often voiced by Jason Beck when referring to political hypocrisy by a former Republican prohibitionist up for re-election and all of a sudden finding themselves in, all in on advancing cannabis legislation. The process of evolution seems to be expedited for Canadian thieves. Well, at least when it comes to this one. January 4th, a woman was caught on camera stealing a cash-filled jar from employee tips from Cannabis Cottage, a BC dispensary located in the city of Pennington. The thief apparently had a change of heart days after the, th the crime, after being confronted by a local business owner who recognized and called her out after seeing the video of the incident on a nightly news broadcast. Adam, can you cue that, um, that clip for us so we can see that? Have a little visual. There's no sound in it, so I'm going to let it play and just keep on going. The remorseful woman returned the money in an envelope to the owner of neighboring Valley Hemp Gift Shop, lo located doors away from Cannabis Cottage. Amanda Stewart, the owner of Valley Hemp, says that she was driving downtown when she, when she first recognized the woman walking, so she pulled up on her. She parked the whip, stepped outside, and confronted her about the video she saw in the Western News. And here's what she told the review. A couple of days before stealing the tip jar from Cannabis Cottage, she had walked into my store asking for spare change to do some laundry. I gave her $4. When I recognized her on the street a few days after watching the video, the blood rushed straight to my head and I started yelling at her about ripping off my friends. I told her, you have to stop stealing. The woman returned to Valley Hemp less than 48 hours later, dropped off the stolen money and apologized. Stewart said the exact words were, I'm sorry for stealing from your friends. Here's the $20 and please give it back to them. She was very remorseful and uh, Stuart responded with this. I've never seen anything like it. There's something to, to be said about second and third chances. Mar uh, Mariana Wolf, the owner of Cannabis Cottage, never reported the incident to the police and initially shared what she called irritating footage on the company Facebook page claiming over $100 was in the jar when it was stolen. But the employee behind the counter, Jamie Miller Haywood, later corrected her boss and said it was only 20 bucks. Wolf told the news, it's such a petty theft and the police already have so many that they already deal with. While it seems on the surface, it may be a no harm, no foul incident and all's right in the world of BC buds once again. My question here is, what's up with the owner trying to inflate the amount stolen by this clearly troubled woman down on her luck that didn't take much coercing to see the error of her ways and return the small amount of cash that she took. Everybody's heard in these days, desperate people do desperate things in tough times. And it doesn't excuse the crime committed by the woman. And while glad, while glad cooler heads prevailed here, I do wonder how quickly things would have spiraled out of control had this have occurred south of the border here in America. Stay safe out there, everybody. Stay strapped. I'm Rico Lameet, dopest dad on the street for Hyatt 9 News. What do y'all think about this one? What would you do, Jason? I mean, this lady, they, she stole $20 out of the tip jar yeah. and, then, and then felt remorseful. And do we know the time frame is from when she took the money to when she brought it back? Yes. So uh, Hours or days? Incident. Yeah, it was days. The incident occurred on the 4th, January 4th, and the money was returned um, on the seventh day. All right, so I'm willing to put, put, put I'm willing to bet 
that uh, that that she took this money, went, bought some drugs, sold it, re-upped on everything, and then <laughs> made the money and then brought it back. Like, hey, sorry guys, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. I mean, In what do you case, think? She should have paid interest. <laughs> so, so you're saying like she should have dropped to 25 or 30 in the in the tip jar? Definitely. Hey, sorry, definitely. guys. Yeah, if it was I mean, a move, yeah. I just wonder, like, if was it the same employee that was working on both days? Because if so, um, they're the ones that really got the money stolen from them. Otherwise, it's like the money got stolen from one employee and it got got given to a whole nother employee. What's up, what's up with the what's up with the boss, the owner of the store, just straight up just like lying, saying, "Yo, it's a, it's a hundred, maybe five hundred dollars in that jar." They and have then to speculate. The employee got on the Facebook page and, and corrected her. Uh, corrected her. You can't, you can't, you can't blame an employer for trying to get more money for their employees. True. Well, maybe we should. Or, or they're trying at, to pocket it themselves. No, maybe we should be a little kinder to human beings and be a little more optimistic that perhaps the owner got the amount wrong, and we should look at it nicely that this woman actually did return the money and see that there are good people. She made a mistake. She Look, I, I said, I said, no, I said, I, I'm glad that the cooler heads prevailed in this situation. And it is why it's the most <laughs> Canadian story of all time. <laughs> Cause this would not have happened in the U S this is Somebody definitely a Canadian shot. story. At least yes. one person would have got shot. Maybe, maybe two people got <laughs> shot. <laughs> this would or be they would have returned it. It would have been a counterfeit $20 bill. If yeah, it would have been re- returned in, in pennies, if if returned at all. No, so, it would have been returned as a five dollar bill labeled as a twenty. So it's a big shout out, a big shout out to Canadians uh, with the cooler heads there, and big shout out to the woman who uh, who apologized to uh, to who apologized and re- returned that money, and a big shout out to the, uh, the to the woman. Um, um, snitching on her boss for inflating <laughs> for inflating the amount <laughs> that there's, they were. There's inflation thinking. everywhere, even in Canada, Rico. Yeah, seven day hyperinflation in Canada yeah. is crazy, man. Y'all think it's crazy down here at Joe Biden's America. Yeah. Gretchen, can we see your coffee cup, please? Can we get a close up of this coffee cup, please? And how many kisses did you receive yesterday? Gretchen? Squad goals. Now, who all is on that squad? I, is that the Golden, Golden Girls? Girls? Yes, Blair Blanchett. Yeah. 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 The, ori- the original liberal granny crew of the 80s. The, the Florida. Independent sex loving yeah. ladies. Uh, the real Florida housewives. Yeah. Public enemies number one by the Reagan administration. <laughs> Nancy Reagan would not be caught dead sipping tea with um, any of those. Fine. Just remember, just remember, Gretchen. Pinky's not true. Okay. She would have liked Sophia. Everybody likes Sophia. And Sophia was the youngest one out of all of them. I like, I like Blanche. Sure. I bet you do. She was she the was freakiest a, one of them all. Yes, she was. Uh-huh. Yes, she was. You want to say, <laughs> yeah. say the older the berry? Yeah, she was she was about she was she was about going and getting those milking those men. Hey man, hey sugar mamas unite. Mm-hmm. But let's let's keep it moving. <laughs> let's keep it moving. Up next, we have the mink coat wearing, private jet hopping, Green Street wheeling and dealing, longest continuously operating retailer in the game. When he's not holding down presidential cannabis tourism duties, uh, in uh, in his own backyard in west hollywood he has been spotted at tmz uh pot politicking around the world this morning he's been spotted at mar-a-lago in the eastern shore room where he just freshly got a new spray tan as you guys can see <laughs> oh yeah that's right spray tans <laughs> in, a bed, for the win. In, in a booth 
the director of <laughs> is forever president Donald J. Trump coming yes. to the stage next. Yes. You know who it is, Jason Beck. Yes. Thank you so much, Rico. Yes, the spray tan uh, lady. She did a fantastic job this morning. So thank you, spray tan lady. But today, Gretchen's going to be mad because she's going to owe me some money. But I don't Jack. Hold on, hold on. Wait till you hear my story. I can't Governor wait. Wolf, out of your favorite state of Pennsylvania, with second chances. He's the most pardons granted in Pennsylvania history. And that's keep reading pardons, the story. Keep reading. pardons with a P, Gretchen. Believing oh, strongly reading. that decisions of the past shouldn't keep Pennsylvanians from making progress. Governor Tom Wolf granted his final 369 pardons this week. The 369 pardon sign bringing his total to 2,540 people that were delivered pardons under his tenor. I have taken this process very seriously, reviewing and giving careful thought to each and every one of these 2,540 pardons and the lives they will impact. Every single one of the Pennsylvanians who made it through the process truly deserves their second chance, and it's been my honor to grant it, said Governor Wolf. A record prevents positive forward motion in a person's life and can spark a respective cycle of defeat. I firmly believe that with restored rights, pardoned Pennsylvanians prove themselves by stepping up and giving back to our communities. These 2,540 pardons are the most pardons granted by a governor in the history of Pennsylvania. Before Governor Wolf, Governor Ed Rendell held the record with 1,122 pardons granted. A pardon uh, a pardon con constitutes total forgiveness by the state for criminal conviction, regardless of whether the sentence included time in prison and allows for expungements on the related criminal record. Applying for a pardon is free for individuals seeking clemency. An update made during the Wolf administration and the application can be downloaded online. And uh, th the process does not require a lawyer. Governor Wolf has prioritized criminal justice reform throughout his administration, and thanks to his leadership, Pennsylvania is a leader in pardon reform. Since taking office, Governor Wolf has granted 2,540 pardons. 395 of those were part of the expedited review process for nonviolent marijuana-related offenses, and 232 of those were part of the Pennsylvania Marijuana Pardon Project. A 2020 report by the Economy League of Greater Philadelphia analyzing 10 years of pardon data found that pardons contributed 16.5 million to Pennsylvania's economy over the past decade at no cost to anyone. Under the Wolf administration, the pardons process has been modernized so that the application process is more streamlined and application fees are now waived. In 2019, the Board of Pardons introduced and uh, in, in introduced and Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman authorized the expedited review uh, program for nonviolent marijuana related offenses, a program to speed up the pardons application process for people with nonviolent marijuana possession or paraphernalia convictions in September of 2022. Governor Wolf and Lieutenant Governor Fetterman launched the Pennsylvania Marijuana Pardon Project in an effort to quickly pardon Pennsylvanians with only minor marijuana convictions on their record. Governor Wolf has served two terms as leader consistently at work 
for the people of Pennsylvania, and you can learn more about his priorities for Pennsylvania and what they have fueled the Commonwealth's comeback, leaving Pennsylvania in a much better place than when he arrived. Well, that, and that's the press release coming from the governor's office, and I'm curious what Gretchen has to say because I see this as a mass pardon. And this is Jason well, Beck reporting for the High at Nine News Hour. What do you bless say, your heart, Jason Beck? That's what I say. Because yeah. as usual, you don't read the fine print. This program <laughs> <I read> <laughs> began. I am the fine print. This program began in 2019, mm -hmm. years before good old Joe Biden and our bet. And frankly, when they expedited the process to move along these pardons, that was in September. Joe Biden didn't show up till October. And our bet was that no governor would be urged to do pardons based on Joe Biden telling him to pardon. So suck it. You still owe me a hundred bucks. So, so you're saying that those 369 pardons that were all cannabis related don't deserve to be considered? No, a mass they're pardon? part of a program he started in so, 2019. So, 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 so you Read admit the that they're print. a mass pardon? You Actually, look at pardon. the facts before you try and hold on to your money. <laughs> just, just saying, just spitting facts, Gretchen. Spitting I facts. Am, you got no facts. Zero <laughs> facts. facts. Look at the color of your skin. <laughs> Zero facts. You're turning into Donald Trump. Right <laughs> Mango Zero facts. <laughs> How many do we know how many have been released since 2019? Like has it been a slow trickle and now this was a mass pardon? Because it doesn't I, it doesn't say if, if anyone was released. I'm willing to bet that a majority of these people were already on the outs and uh yes, this, this was, just... was a pardon project which is expungements of their records. This was not letting guys out of jail. Well, and I am correct once again, Jason Butt. That is up. fake news. Suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> Next. <laughs> anybody, anybody else want to comment on this one? What, what are your exact thoughts on, on on the program, though, Gretchen? What's your response to the program? Yeah, Pennsylvania. I think I think it's uh, I think it's a nice, cute first step. But again, let's put your money where your mouth is. You really want to pardon people? Let people out of jail. Don't do it for people who've already been convicted and are just trying to get stuff off their records. This is expungements. To call it pardons is not genuine. That's their uh, people. They're from Pennsylvania. Yes, well, Words Governor Wolf is a terrible governor, but not let's we won't go there. Um, and if he truly cared, he would have legalized cannabis. He had many opportunities over his term and didn't get it done. I, oh. I guess this is a nice gesture, but again, it's a, it's a Joe Biden gesture. I'm glad that he has provided these uh, expungements to folks in Pennsylvania, but why doesn't he actually let people out of jail? So it's a sleepy Joe gesture. That's a typical Democratic move. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, after all, it is. It is national blame other people for other things day, and that's a democratic policy. So, why not? Why not, Gretchen? That is that is a congressional policy. It has nothing to do with Democrats <laughs> or Republicans. They like to point fingers and not thumbs. I don't point fingers. I say you want to say you're doing something. Actually, do something. Yeah, exactly. Do it. I don't, don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. Talk is cheap. Don't talk about Put your it. Your money where your it. mouth is, especially Jason Beck, and put your money. In my wallet. P I M. Give me my money. In my pocket. Give me my money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We'll come uh, yeah, next. Yeah. What's that? I'll go ahead, Rico. I was, I was just gonna say I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on this one, Gretchen. Or better, and they need to stop calling expungements pardons because they are very, very, very different. Just saying, they called it a pardon. It came from the governor's office. You're supposed to believe your elected officials, right? Mm -hmm. No, never. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> 
Oh, yeah. You, you get anything on this, Matthew or Stone? Dr. Gene? No, I, I, I hate to say it. I, I don't hate it, but I agree with Gretchen 100%. And, and we got to stop calling. We got to stop calling pardon expungements pardons. It, it confuses the masses. People that aren't paying attention to cannabis all the time hear that shit and think things are getting done when, when they're not. So that's yeah, the that's 100%. the only part that's the only part you agree with Gretchen on. No, he agrees you should pay me. The bet is still open and ongoing. Yes, but it's not ongoing. It was till the end of the year. Oh well, then pay she's up. Yeah. It's a mass part as far as I'm Gretchen. concerned. She's a political strategist by day and a baker by <laughs> night. A true female multitasker who can not only bake up a storm, but also knows how to make the sausage on Capitol Hill. She's the founder of Panoptic Strategies and our very own Washington Insider, trying to claim that she's owed money. That's right. Taking off the apron is none other than the Gretchen Gailey. I am a broke political strategist waiting on Jason Beck to pay out. Uh, but I have a headline here from a party that's actually doing something uh, for cannabis. Uh, for Marijuana Moment, new GOP congressional panel chairman plans to grill FDA on lack of hemp and CBD regulations. A key GOP lawmaker says he plans to take the FDA officials to task over their failure to enact regulations for hemp-derived products like CBD in the marketplace. In a recent interview conducted by the U.S. Hemp Roundtable, Representative James Comer said that he would leverage his authority as the new chairman of the House and Oversight and Accountability Committee to put the head of the FDA on the spot about the ongoing regulatory lapse. He said, I want to bring the FDA commissioner in front of the committee, and this is one of the things that I want to talk about. Comer, who helped champion federal hemp legalization through the 2018 Farm Bill, said it's not just their lack of action with respect to CBD and other types of hemp, it's their inaction regarding a lot of areas of their jurisdiction. We've got an agency here that has a big budget. They have a lot of employees, but it doesn't seem like they're getting a lot of their work done, and they have a huge backlog. So I want to bring them in and ask them what the problem is. Comer, who previously served as Kentucky's agricultural commissioner, said he's been clear with the FDA that lawmakers want hemp to be regulated like a nutraceutical or whatever to where we can have credible hemp companies and where consumers, when they purchase hemp, they know exactly what's in that hemp and it's not the Wild West out there. Consumers should not have to worry about going to a gas station and seeing a product labeled hemp and then learning that it really isn't hemp. So this is something that the FDA has failed to do and we're going to bring them in that committee early on and try to get them on the right track and figure out a way to get them caught up with things like CBD regulation. As U.S. Hemp Roundtable's Jonathan Miller said in an interview, the FDA has received numerous letters from bipartisan lawmakers about the need to create a regulatory framework that allows for the marketing of hemp-based products in the food supply or as dietary supplements. Late last year, top officials at the agency said that they are months away from releasing a regulatory assessment on the issue, though the FDA has maintained that it may take additional legislative work before it's able to finalize such rules. The market for hemp, CBD, and more novel intoxicating cannabinoids like Delta-8-THC is already widespread across the country. And as such, FDA officials seem to increasingly recognize the urgency of rulemaking. The, the hemp industry is deeply grateful to Chairman Comer for his leadership on this issue, Miller said in an email blast. There may not be a U.S. hemp industry had it not been for the chairman's actions as Kentucky's Agricultural Commissioner, and he is continuing his strong advocacy for the nation's farmer in his current role. 
FDA officials have said that a couple of points that are assessing concerns whether the CBD can be used successfully in the long term and what impacts consumption might have during pregnancy. The rise in popularity of Delta 8 THC products, which the uh, Drug Enforcement Agency says are not controlled substances, had further complicated rulemaking. Uh, the story goes on a bit more about the various bipartisan efforts that have gone into trying to hold the FDA to account. I think this is a good indicator of what we are going to see from a GOP-held uh, house. Uh, I think they are going to push forward on things, uh, and this is where they're going to look at. I think they're going to look at cannabis and hemp from a regulating side of things. I think they're going to try and figure out how to make the rules because uh, the Dems clearly couldn't get it done. Uh, this is Scratch and Fry at 9 News. I mean... Do you think that they're gonna pull any any uh, anything in regards to Delta Eight and HHC and all these other different uh, psychoactive compounds when CBD is supposed to be non-psychoactive? Do you, do I think that the FDA is gonna pull these things off shelves? Is that what you're do, asking? No. Do you think do you think that the that these that the Republicans are gonna push in the regulatory framework to eliminate products like Delta Eight and HHC? I think that they are going to try and figure out the loopholes of the farm bill, particularly when we have another farm bill that is coming up uh, in this Congress. Yes, I think they are going to try and figure out the issues that went wrong there. I think that they are interested, honestly, in um, regulating hemp as a nutraceutical. Uh, we have seen legislation like that before. That is something that uh, Republicans can get behind. Um, so I think that is how we're going to see uh, things moving forward on the CBD front. The problem is that CBD was regulated as an as a molecule before the Farm Bill. So mm -hmm. it was approved as Epidiolex in June. Farm Bill passed in December, and the CDC doesn't mix things. I mean, they've approved it as a pharmaceutical to to now reapprove it as a food or drug is contradictory to what they've done most of the time. So it's very difficult for them to sort of backtrack and redo it as a different substance. And I, I think this was planned. I mean, the conspiracy theorist in me says that anyway. Right. That, <laughs> that pharmaceutical uh, uh, companies came in first, got mm -hmm. Epidolex approved. It's not making any money. It's, it's nope. not it's not a, a beneficial product for the pharmaceutical, except that it has stalled the, the FDA from approving cannabis as a uh, as a, a food or nutritional. It just Dr. seems Talleran, to me like it's, they, it's, 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 just a quick yeah. question, Doctor Talleran, have they ever backtracked before on this type yeah. of process? The FDA, not that I, I mean, I haven't followed them so closely to see if they've done it with other substances, uh, but. But I, but typically they do not mix, mix it. Once they've approved it down one track, it's it's now a drug, you know, and mm -hmm. it's not exactly. It sounds to me like it's just, just a lot. It just it sounds to me like it's just more of our tax dollars going into the government having to fix more problems that they created in the first place. And I think the GOP is just trying to. Uh, They're posturing. You know, yeah, posturing. Kabuki theater, as Jason would mm -hmm. say. Yes. I love some good old kabuki theater. It always keeps me entertained. <laughs> yes. This, this may doubt. be a little bit of posturing on Comer's part, um, but if it's actually going to get something done, I'm all for it. I don't care. I don't care what their motives are as long as it moves policy forward. 
And I well, know that's horrible and yada yada, but that's how the game is played in Washington. It's all about moving good policy forward. Somebody needs to flip that board over. Flip the board over and start a new game. But we I have know. we we, we have Dr. Felicia up from the Clubhouse audience to speak on this. What do you have on, on this topic, Dr. Felicia? Uh, hey, everybody. Um, Dr. Jean, let, let me ask you about this. What do you think about them looking at CBD as a full-spectrum product and letting that be a nutraceutical? And Epidiolex has their CBD isolate that's extremely purified. Those are two separate things. Those, those are really, in my opinion, two different products. And I think if you have a full-spectrum product, that could be considered as a nutraceutical. Mm, what do you like think, that, Dr. Felicia? I agree. I agree, Dr. Trump. It's just that... Uh, if you look at the botanical pathway, which I think is what you're talking about, <laughs> botanical approval, there have been hundreds of applications and only a handful or less than a handful of approvals. So traditionally, it, they just don't, don't approve it. You know? And their process really just, again, looks at the isolated uh, ingredient and says the rest of the ingredients in the plant don't matter. That's usually what it is. But they, they have difficulty saying that. And that's why most of the applications for botanical drugs are not approved. Um, so, you know, it, this would be a new for them to do is if they went down this path, it would be definitely something new. Well, how the, the, new, the, the new the new commissioner has said that we have to create a new path. He said yeah. that the two existing paths that are, are, are there now are not making the, the cut and that they have to invent a new path. So maybe this will be the time that they'll do it. It could be, they did it for alcohol and tobacco. And so this could be, you know, a new way, a new path for cannabis. Absolutely. Ayahuasca is having the same problem with FDA approval in that, uh, and most plant admixtures <laughs> because they, they vary in out in active alkaloids and active ingredients. So you can't get a, it's hard to get a plant that is completely uniform through the FDA process. And that's why even like with mushrooms, it's not psilocybe cubensis mushrooms or similar similar antiata that are going to be approved. It'll be psilocin and psilocybin, the synthetic molecules that are part of the active constituents in the mushroom. Well, how does it work when something is a nutraceutical and used in medicine as well? Oh, dude, here's how it works. NAC, as long as people thought it didn't work, you could buy it at any health food store. Yeah. The moment the FDA did a couple studies and found out that it had an efficacy, they pulled it from every shelf. Basically, it works. So now it's being pulled behind the curtain. It's going to cost more. You can only get it through through certain routes. I, I went and I bought like a whole giant box of, of NAC when this happened. NAC actually I, helps I did, repair macular degeneration. It helps your eyesight. It helps your, your hearing. It's really good for people as they age. It's an amazing molecule. Sorry, Dr. Felicia, go ahead. What is it? NAC. No, I, was, no, I was the same thing. N-acetylcysteine. Um, interesting. Very interesting. Thank you yeah. so much for that, everybody. That was that was a fascinating discussion. Thank you, Gretchen, for covering that story today. We so, so much appreciate it. <laughs> Flying into LAX and you want to taste some of the best weed in the world, then stop by LAXCC, the closest dispensary to LAX. Located 8332 Lincoln Boulevard and open from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. seven days a week. Always make LAXCC your first stop when you touch down in L.A. and score like a winner. And don't forget to tell them I sent you and mention you'd like to get high at 9 for 10% off your full order. The thoughts and opinions in Shade Throne at High at 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of any 
other speaker or its followers. The statements made do not constitute legal or accounting advice, and our speakers make no representation regarding the legal status of any substance in any country, area, or territory, or any of its authorities. The views expressed in this room do not establish any fiduciary responsibility or relationship. Our sponsors do not imply or constitute any endorsement by us or the expression of any opinion whatsoever on the part of any speaker on stage. If you are an easily offended person, smoke more weed. It just might help. You want to grow some of the best weed in the world? Then you must start with the best genetics in the world. Go to www.dnagenetics.shop to order regular feminized or autoflower beans. All of your favorite DNA genetics cultivars such as Kosher Kush, Skywalker Kush, and oh yeah, Chocolate Truffle Shuffle. Boasting more cannabis awards for their award-winning genetics than any other company in the world. Remember to go to www.dnagenetics.sh to see why our Terps don't lie. An industry full of negativity, littered with folks on both sides of the aisle, aiming lower and lower, and trolls under the bridge, token up Delta 8 heat. This dope dad from the great purple state of Texas, decided that he would be hitting the high road and just say no to the local Delta 8 dab sessions from the ignorant people running rampant through the Austin streets. He's a co-host, a co-creator and host of the new show with the same damn name, Hitting the High Road. So make sure y'all check that thing on out. Stone Slade, what do you have for us in the rest? Thank of the you, program? thank you, thank you, Rico. Today, my story comes out of Portland, Oregon. In many cannabis legal cities and states, cannabis businesses have gone from essential workers with record sales through the pandemic to struggling businesses having, having trouble staying afloat due to slumping sales, overtaxation, and violent robberies. In Portland, Oregon, these struggling cannabis businesses can apply next week for their part of a $456,000 in relief funds taken from 3% of city tax on cannabis sales. From January 16th through February 14th, the Office of Community and Civil Life We'll, be begin, we'll begin accepting applications for the money. A city-funded nonprofit called New Project that helps people of color kickstart cannabis businesses will distribute that money according to New Project, uh, Jan Jeanette Ward-Horton. These, these funds are available for small businesses with, within the city limits as well as their employees with licensed businesses maxing out at $25,000 and up to $5,000 for individuals. In a press release, Community and Civil Life said these funds are aimed at shops with workers that have suffered because of COVID-19, vandalism, wildfires, robberies, and the residual effects of illness, trauma, and grief. Last year was a rough one for many cannabis shops. Sales dwindled as the pandemic eased its grip on the world, but robberies increased. Many thieves saw these cash-rich businesses as targets, sometimes driving through storefront windows and small smash-and-grabs raids to get cash and product to sell on the streets. Christina Quartzy, interim manager of the Portland Cannabis Program, said there were some stores boarding up and just saying we're closed until this is over. The aid package is the second one approved by the Portland City Council. Last fiscal year, the council approved spending $1.3 million from cannabis taxes to help shops and workers. I mean, it's only fair considering these same businesses are the ones that raise that money for the city. Now, this aid is aimed at boutique shops, not large chains, shops that have less than $2 million in annual revenue and, and may not hold more than three licenses from the Oregon Liquor and Cannabis uh, Commission. However, businesses owned by people who have been historically disadvantaged are exempt from those limits. Now, businesses can use that money to pay rent, 
pay mortgage, make mortgage payments, pay utility bills, cover payroll, repair damage from break-ins, or pay for trauma counseling related to robberies or wildfires. Relief money is not to be used to hire armed security guards, buy guns, purchase cannabis product, or pay taxes or lobbying expenses. Entertainment is off limits as well. These emergency funds will be available this month, but they must be used by June. Uh, Courtsy expects the money to go quickly. Last year, the program got over $2.1 million in requests. I think this is a great por uh, program for, for those Portland businesses. Obviously, it's not going to be enough. As I just reported, that last year, the same program offered $1.3 million and received almost double that figure in requests. This year, they're offering less than half of what they did last year. So like I said, it's a great program. But it's also a program that shouldn't even be necessary because just just band-aiding a problem that not should should not exist, but it was actually actually created by the federal government. Excuse me. You know, there's real relief options out there that would actually help all of these businesses, like pass safe banking, take the targets off of these businesses, stop raping the industry with 280E so they can actually scale in a way that would allow them to drop the prices for the end consumer enough to actually compete with the illicit market pay their employees a decent living wage and still make a decent profit themselves. It's just common sense ways of doing businesses, doing business that literally all other industries in our country get to benefit from, but not the cannabis industry. I'm Stone Slade reporting for the Hyatt Nine News Hour. I think it's very they have to, to say 500,000 right here instead of the 456,000. Um, when it makes the round up better. The round up. Yeah, they're rounding no, up. It's below five hundred. No. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're rounding up because it makes them up. sound sound better, like they're actually helping more than they actually are. Yeah. I, I mean, and and so any any business stone that, that is open in the Portland area can apply for this if they were robbed during during a particular oh. time. Is that correct? Uh, I, it's not just for robberies. It's for, for, I mean, it helps them with COVID wildfire relief. It, it's, I think it's just boots. Any, any, any cannabis, made under $2 million, any cannabis business that did under 2 million in revenue. I believe so. Interesting. 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 Sounds I know that I know the product is, um, is very saturated in Portland and in Oregon. Um, are the dispensaries, is the dispensary network as saturated as the product is right now up there? That I don't you know. know. I'm, I'm not familiar. I mean, there's, a, there's, a decent amount, there's a decent amount of stores up there. Same story in Portland. Too many stores. Yeah. There's like three really good stores. Um, DNA, I mean, Archive Genetics is, is in the east side of Portland, and they've been uh, genetic um, legends forever. They made the Moombo. And the yeah, um, they have fire. rainbow belts. They have they they have genetics for sale there, and they have their own weed for sale. Then there's a couple of really good shops in Portland. I don't quite remember the names. The number one cultivator besides Archive in Portland is Loud, L O W D. Um, there's Jesse Andy, Jesse, Yes, sir. Veteran owned, uh, minority owned, but to me, the thing that really matters is their cannabis is immaculate. They're, they're, they pay their employees amazingly. Their workflow in their, in, their, in their place is amazing. It's clean. And anytime you find loud weed in Portland or Oregon in general, you're just going to be head over heels. Love that, dude. I mean, we played uh, football at the same time, and he got kicked out. Uh, he uh, unceremoniously departed from uh, Florida State. And, uh, no got, way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so you, you know him from college. I didn't know him from college. Oh, okay. I actually met him um, in the cannabis industry uh, okay. nearly 20 years later. Like I said, black don't crack. I'm well, eighty-three you years know, old. You know, you know, you know who you know what company started in in, in Portland, Oregon. I'm Was sure it? they're going to try to get some of this money. Who's that? Cureleaf. 
Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. They're not eligible. Uh, how how do you, how do you know? Maybe that store is a slow store. Cure Leaf is social equity. That yeah, that store could be a slow know. slow store, bro. If that store did under two million in revenue, they qualify. Right? It says that it's not for the big boys. It's not for the chains. It's for the boutiques. But I guess I mean, yeah. If the, the, the dollar boutique. <laughs> I'm just saying, if that store did under two million, I think it qualifies. Big yeah, boutique. I think that yeah, it's just the dollar qualifier. <laughs> I don't think it's how big they are outside of that market. So yeah. yeah, yeah, they can they they can say they can say all the little fancy buzzwords as much as they want, Stone Slade. You know, but <laughs> bottom line, bottom line, the trigger, the trigger point is the two million dollars in revenue in your business. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I guess yeah. You yeah, can't be selective. You can't be how, selective how, when you're socializing shit. I mean, this definitely sounds like socialism all the way to me, but uh, whatever. <laughs> you know, but I'll take so that. Pass what? I mean, I mean, I have I have a store in 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 Oregon, and I, and I'm totally gonna apply for this too, probably. So well, you, hopefully, why, why hopefully, I can get some money, and then maybe, maybe, maybe Gretchen can get a hundred bucks or something. I don't know. Right? You know, yeah, the leaders <laughs> Republicans talk shit about the programs that they that they reap the benefits from. The fire department is socialism, and everybody loves it. Yep. Yeah. You can thank both of you can thank socialism mm-hmm. when that happens. Socialism, police department, so the fire department socialism. is not socialism in any way. hundred percent. Yeah, it's no yeah, paid for by taxes and distributed to everybody equitably. Regardless yes, it is. Of it's not distributed to everybody equitably. It's distributed to everybody based off of need. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's, that's not. That's not. That's not. That's not equitably. Equitably uh, yes, mean is. like mean like you get ten minutes with the fire department and you get ten minutes with the fire uh, department. Uh, you, no, it means it means whenever your ship burns down, you've already wasted your ten minutes. That's what no, equitable you, means. You, <laughs> no, so it means that like everyone is served regardless of input. It means just even if you, you don't bro, play just, taxes just, and you don't have a house, you still will be served by the fire. Department. Just telling you that what's the what's the reality, straight up. Bro? It's what's straight up socialism. Just because no, that is not the fire department. Yes, yes not it is socialist. They're no, they're it not. Is, they're not socialist. I love Lord, the fire department. Care? Shut up. Pass safe banking. Next story. Yeah. Pay Gretchen. Pay Gretchen. You will pay Gretchen. Coming up next, this doctor's been around so long that he probably wrote your parents' medical <laughs> cannabis recommendation. This doctor has had more patients than liberals waiting in line at. President Biden book signing. He's the founder of Medican and the founder of CESC, wow. the nonprofit cannabis research organization. It is none other than the Dr. Gene Talleyrand. Thanks, Jason. Good morning, everyone. Happy lucky Friday the 13th. Uh, my story today is an obscure one from Drug Target Review. New Insights on the Structural Biology of Medical Cannabis by Izzy Wood. Uh, so I think the title was just written to draw attention to it, but I, I like this story. Uh, it begins with three scientists at the European Mole- Molecular Biology Laboratory in Grenoble, France, publishing a paper this week identifying THC as an inhibitor of autotaxin. So what is autotaxin? It's an enzyme that creates lysophosphatidic acid or LPA. Okay, so what's LPA? It's uh, in the embryo, it's involved in vascular and neural development. So LPA is important for life. But as we grow and get older, autotaxin and LPA may run awry and not be so good. It's known that autotaxin and LPA are associated with certain disease processes, such as neuropathic pain, fibrosis, and immune diseases like rheumatoid arthritis and multiple sclerosis. 
Autotaxin and LPA are also associated with atherosclerosis, which causes heart disease. The gene for autotaxin uh, made the top 40 uh, list as one of the most upregulated genes in metastatic breast cancer. It's also associated with, with metastasis in many other cancers like melanoma, ovarian, thyroid, lung and liver, and glioblastoma multiforme or GBM. That's the brain cancer that typically affects children around five years old. So these scientists looked at the three-dimensional structure of THC to discover where and how it inhibits autotoxin's activity. The idea of making an autotoxin inhibitor has already, uh, uh, was already being pursued by the pharmaceutical industry. There's a drug called GLPG1690, which is in phase three clinical trials for pulmonary fibrosis, and there are others in phase one trials. So the discovery of THC as a potent inhibitor of autotaxin didn't make much of a splash in the scientific world or the main press. I chose this story today because it highlights the importance of plant-based medicine. Plants and fungi have led the discovery of some of the most important and life-saving pharmaceutical drugs. The bark of the white willow tree contains salicin, a compound that was eventually made in the laboratory as acetylsalicylic acid or aspirin. From penicillin produced by mold to tamoxifen, a breast cancer drug derived from the Pacific yew tree, plants and fungi have literally been the foundation of the pharmaceutical industry. So I think this is big news. Once again, plants are, are providing active constituents that will save lives. Um, those who've used cannabis already know this. Those who want to tell us a drug will keep, those who want to sell us a drug will keep it quiet until their version is patented and approved by the FDA. Meanwhile, they'll pay government officials to say that we need more evidence to freely use the plant because it may be potentially dangerous. And people who have heart disease, rheumatoid arthritis, MS, or cancer, please take note, THC inhibits autotaxin, one of the potential villains in your disease story. Do with that information what you will. This is Dr. Jean Talley for Hyatt 9 News. I love the name of this, Dr. Talleyrand, autotaxin. It sounds pretty just, cool name. Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty cool name. Just like whenever you come and you're buying, you're automatically getting taxed. <laughs> I'm excited because this is we have in our research group, we have a uh, immune uh, cannabis and immunity initiative. And this is big news in terms of, of how THC may mitigate the inflammatory response and immune systems. So we're excited on the scientists thing. So is this going to be a, like a, a, a positive effect um, on uh, the words that can, can come out of the medical field in our industry? Well, the medical field is on the way to producing a drug from this. They're, they're not going to go down the THC uh, route, but those of us who prefer plant medicine have an mm -hmm. option. Uh, is, more, is, is, another, is more ammo for, uh, for the medical side? of the game to legitimize the movement. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's a, it, 
I, I think it does more to see show everyone that THC is a lot more than just getting high. Yeah. It has medicinal properties, you know. Mm-hmm. So there you go. And uh, I'm you. interested. It, so 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 now it's it's a combination of the uh, the 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 auto tax and then the IPA that creates the the uh, that reduces the inflammatory effect together, Doctor Talleyrand. Well, autotaxin makes LPA. LPA does a lot of things, like it helps develop blood vessels for cancer cells to start spreading. Um, and, and it also is involved in inflammation, you know, in simple inflammation, like the inflammation involved in atherosclerosis uh, to the autoimmune, inflammation involved in autoimmune diseases. So it's pretty wide, it's pretty, uh, you know, widespread the effects of LPA and, uh, and autotaxin is sort of the driver of it. How soon, um, how, how soon do you think that we'll be able to legally say that, um, that cannabis can be a, a viable treatment option um, uh, for cancer patients? Uh, well, I, I think they're avoiding saying that. I think what they're right. doing is pushing back and trying to make drugs yeah. that are similar to what uh, the you know the active constituents are in. Just like this one, you know, they're already making a drug that is not THC that will do the same thing that THC is doing. So what they're going to do is replicate this, synthesize it, that's and what they're they're make money on that's it. That's the business model. That's, that's right. the business model. Yeah, same thing so, happened with aspirin, yeah. number of different drugs, all based off of plant medicine. So going back a couple of days real quick to that study I had talked about at the University of Virginia that Nixon yep. and the DEA quashed that showed that cannabis uh, stopped, the arrested and reversed the growth of three different types of tumors. Now think about at that exact same, just about that exact same time, Timothy Leary, the psychologist, was running for governor of California on a on a platform of tech of legalizing cannabis and using the money for colleges and healthcare for Californians. And if Reagan and the Goldwater Republicans and Nixon and the people that enabled him and all of those fascists had just taken and, and put their eye on the healing power of these drugs that was being proven by their scientific institutions, instead of targeting the left with assassination, disinformation, and, and, and the mass hiring of police and building of prisons, we probably would be much closer to cures for cancer arriving in the 80s than in the 21st century. That's right. There's a lot of people died because of that. That's the reality. And while yep. the um, yeah, while and while these corporations keep on getting richer, so you can sell this uh, for a um, inflated price and um, just make more money on for capitalism. Damn. Yes, <laughs> more money, more money, more money. Let's keep it moving. So great, 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 great story, though, Dr. Uh, Dr. Thank T. You. I appreciate yeah, your insight on that. Great, and, great um, name. Great name and, on the drug. Uh, yes, and Dr. Felicia for, uh, for, uh, for chiming in on that one. Another one of the strengths of the uh, Hyatt 9 team is we don't always have to be talking shit about politics or talking about Jason's particular skin tone today. We can talk about <laughs> advancements in scientific research. Up next, some mortal can. Cannabis wizard with Transylvanian roots movements have been tracked for centuries by royal scribes throughout history, continuing the work of the original Merry Pranksters in the Brotherhood of Eternal Love. More recently, he's dedicated the last 33 years to cannabis sales, genetics, and cultivation, holds a Hogwarts PhD in tripping balls, and co-hosts What's Good podcast, where he regularly drops timeless knowledge and bombs of truth 
to the globally clueless masses. Up next, you know who it is, the immortal count himself, Matthew St. Germain. Hi, all. Humble thanks, Rico. Hi, everybody out there. Uh, so here's my story today from MJ Biz Daily. Proposed cannabis store in British Columbia Airport fails to take flight. This is kind of a sad one. A high-profile plan to open a first-in-the-world recreational cannabis store inside an airport terminal in Prince George, British Columbia, has been scrapped. Apparently a victim of shifting economic conditions. The planned Cloud Break Cannabis location, previously known as Copilot Cannabis, promoted itself as being on course to become the first cannabis retail store in an airport terminal, garnering media attention. But in December, the Prince George Airport Authority announced that the store would not be signing a lease or beginning construction, citing changing market conditions. It costs a lot of money to operate anything in an airport. That's why I pay $8 for a bottle of water. Cloudbreak co-founder Reed Horton declined an interview request from MJ Biz Daily to discuss the store's cancellation. PGAA president and CEO Gordon Duke told MJ Biz Daily that the store was in development for about three years and was due to open in the first quarter of this year before the change of plans. A lot has changed in the economy, Duke said. And certainly we've seen interest rates and inflation just in the past six months. It has really changed the overall economic environment. Duke added that the store took longer to develop than a new airport retail store would typically take, citing regulatory hurdles related to opening cannabis stores and the added complexity of opening one in an airport. We were hopeful, hopeful and enthused that this might come to fruition. However, we understand the risk associated with any startup business. Some Canadian airlines were opposed to the airport cannabis store, arguing against it to the Prince George's City Council. That would be a takeaway that we had is to communicate earlier with the airlines, Duke said. Canada's busiest airport, Toronto Pearson, reportedly hired a lobbyist in 2022 to explore the possibility of cannabis retail, although the airport's governing authority told CBS News that it had no such plans for a store. Meanwhile, a marijuana retail store did open in Toronto's historic downtown rail transportation hub, Union Station, in September 2022. And there is one cafe selling CBD-infused products at the Haneda Airport in Tokyo. Uh, for me, this is kind of a sad story because I'd way rather do a, you know, eat a couple gummies and, and do a fat dab before getting on a plane uh, than, than drink alcohol. But uh, I'm excited to hear your contributions as well. This is St. Germain for the Hyatt 9 News on Friday, y'all. I blame Mayor Pete. Yeah, this is the one time you can't blame him because this is in Canada. Still his fault. I mean, I, so I mean, you, I, you, can get, you can get high uh, before you hop on the train, but you can't get high before you hop on the uh, on a plane. Well, you just got to supply all, yourself. Okay. I mean, I don't understand why anyone thought this was really going to be that big of a of a business of a business plan from the first from the first. Okay, you can't smoke it on the plane. Okay, people just naturally are already conditioned to get their weed before they get onto a plane or they know that they're going to get it as soon as they get off. So, yeah, why someone is going to want to go to a store in Canada when they can only fly within Canada if to purchase. So, like, you know, like duty free, you can only purchase alcohol yeah. um, if you're flying on an international flight. Well, the same way with with this type of a store, if you're at this store, you can only purchase if you're on a domestic flight within Canada. So oh. therefore, yes, you cannot just they're not going to they're oh, not going to. It's yeah, pointless. Yeah, I got you. It's, it's, it's totally pointless. I think it's a terrible business model and Canadian weed is terrible anyway. So why? Why is anyone? Going <laughs> to do this? There it is. There it is. You knew that was coming. I, I like I'm I'm my my vision when when Matthew was saying that it was like, yeah, you fucking stop in there on your way to your terminal. Take a quick bag. Yeah, well, hold on now, but but that that, that would be a consumption lounge, and that would make sense. Hundred percent. That would that would make sense. But I I think like having an actual 
an actual store doesn't make sense, but a consumption lounge I think would make a lot of sense at an airport because I think a lot of people would love to um to to eat some edibles, take some dabs, smoke a few joints, whatever yeah. before they actually board their flight. I think a consumption lounge would do amazing at an airport. It would crush. <laughs> yep, agreed. Would it be open air or would it be closed? It depends on the weather, Rico. Matthew St. Germain, did it go into it at all about the objections? I read this. I read. I read the story in full. I think the objections would just be, you know, standard culture war objections. Because why are you really? You've seen the state of inebriation, alcoholic inebriation of people on on planes. People pull. You can watch videos all day. People get pulled off, starting fights. Like, if if you can have alcohol, there's no reason to not have cannabis in any. Of well, they don't let you have peanuts anymore. Although some people might OD on gummies and think they're dying on the plane, so that might be actually a thing. I mean, they'll be fine. You just give them a glass of whole milk. Excuse me, stewardess. I, I think I'm dead. Am I, yeah. am I dead? I, I think I'm dead. They keep hitting the emergency button. Right. No, I'm really dead this time. I can tell. I feel. I feel that I'm dead. I mean, I mean, we're there, Marshall. We're there. I mean, at, at least if they feel dead, you know, you're not. They're not going to get up walking around because the only thing I would worry about is one of those weirdos getting up and trying to like open up, open up the door oh, and like trying to jump out. Yeah, that's the that's only scary. thing that I would worry about. Yeah, but a drunk can do that just as easily too. Uh, you're 100 correct. Like, I mean, so, so can so can a psycho crazy person too that doesn't have anything in their system. So, yep. Hey, yeah. can we stop the whole milk thing? Uh, 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 THC is fat soluble. Uh, milk has a fair amount of fats, especially if it's whole milk. So, yeah, whole milk, whole milk. Yeah, it will cause more absorption of THC. Not less absorption. Yeah, that's why they make so, bang lassi. Yeah. Bang lassi is a yogurt drink yes. that they've made in India so, for years. Yeah, because the, so the it, it, and lecithin too. The lecithin, in addition to the milk fat, lecithin is an emulsifier and it 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 by it uh, like allows everything to mix more fully, so your body can absorb it. You're totally right, doctor. That's so not a good treatment for uh, anxiety caused by THC. I yeah. try some CBD if anything. Yeah, really hard for anxiety. Jason does not like facts, so I don't know what you're trying to push. Let me tell you something. That's <laughs> the, hey, that that was that was the thing back in the day. That obviously the medical uh, the medical technology and research has evolved in in cannabis. So thank <laughs> you, Doctor Talleyrand. I really appreciate that. What what is the name of that product again? So I can start to use that one. Salacia. Oh, CBD. What what what, what 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 are you saying that they that they should use instead instead of milk? Uh, just to drink to, water or CBD. Uh, get flush it out of water? your system. But, water uh, or CBD. So, yeah. like, what about what about like those CBD water companies? Would that would that make sense? It's not, <laughs> yeah, I of CBD. You could, you could try it. I, you know, I, I think it'd be better than milk. So you think you should have like a little CBD, like a little sugar packet, and then just pour that into a into a bottle of water and oh, yeah. and shake it and drink it. Uh, give it a try. We'll see what happens. <laughs> is that, is that... <laughs> no, I, think, yeah, I, I can't yeah. say for sure because it's not been a study, but I can pretty much, I'm pretty confident not to drink the milk. That that part. Doctor yeah, Talleyrand, can you debunk any of uh, what the commenters are saying in our chat here? Some are saying OJ. Would you? Would orange juice do the trick? No. No. Well, our orange uh, juice is not. There's no fat in orange juice, so I don't think it would increase uh, absorption of, of THC. Uh, so the, the only thing shown to help with THC freakouts are uh, is uh, are the terpenes in uh, fresh ground pepper. 
Yeah, you can it, you can trade in a trade in a case of the spins for a case of the runs if you are. So you so, so, so you're saying, well activated more, Matthew Saint Germain. No, no, the terpenes in black pepper have a real grounding and calming effect, and there's uh, there's uh, two different peer reviewed studies um, showing um, uh, help with efficacy with uh, THC related anxiety uh, by smelling yeah. black pepper. Just like, no. just like we so talk about the saying, entourage effect with different yeah. terpenes and in, in interacting with different cannabinoids, uh, terpenaline makes you kind of racy and, and can be anxious or artistically inspiring. Uh, beta carophylline makes you want to like sit on the couch and just chill out or go to sleep, right? Well, the terpenes in pepper um, also have have synergistic effects. So I've done this with people where you take a big fat dab, like just take a huge dab, and right where you're getting that like near panic of, of just feeling the, the, the elevation change, the level change of your consciousness, you take a bunch of black pepper and gently sniff it, you know, not enough that you get it in your nose and have to sneeze, but you take that pepper and you, you sniff it and you can feel like a blood pressure thing where like all your blood feels like it goes back down to your feet and you totally just feel super grounded and chill. Hmm. Yeah, That's anecdotal, but I say blood give it a try. Blood that sounds like yeah. Also I mean, foot rubs. If people think they're dying, dude, just rub their feet and be like, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> And there's the fetish. Let's take it to the commercial. <laughs> At True Classic OG, we live by one motto. Stay true. We stay true to our legacy cut of true OG that's always fresh, piney, gassy, and delicious. We represent the spirit and hustle and diversity of our great city of angels, and we stay true to the spirit of this plant, doing everything in-house to ensure that you get the highest quality and consistency with every batch. And that's what made us LA's favorite OG. True classic OG. Stay true, Los Angeles. It's over. Thank you all out there for tuning in with us for another week of High at Nine News. You can always catch us weekdays, 9 a.m. Pacific and High on the East Coast. Big shout out to our live audience members and online supporters tuning in and having giving us feedback on the daily headlines of chaos also known as the developing cannabis industry our vetted industry correspondent team tuning in from all over the global community bringing us much needed variety of perspective and adding your respected opinions to the conversation our production team thank you cloud media partners house of fuego and the wonderful jaja simone holding things down over in clubhouse keeping our av struggles to a minimum and our haters we love you and wouldn't be here without your support this world is all about balance and the more y'all lose the more we win 2023 has kicked off and it's looking like we finna get a ring this year haters so stay where you are thank you and finally cannabis sativa l the reason that with high at nine two news team shows up to read these headlines daily we shall ever for be in debt to your greatness thank you thank you thank you, thank you. it's friday january 13th 2023 the show is over you've been blessed with today's top industry headlines we hope it was enough to put in your pipe and smoke it at least until monday y'all know what time it is and y'all know who i am rico to meet the dopest dad on the street signing off and remember, when life gives you no place else to turn, you can always turn the fuck up. Take us out, Jay, he said. Hmm? Oh.